Lights, camera, action. Hey everyone. Hey guys. Welcome back to the podcast. We are super excited today because we are covering a movie we had never seen before. Yes. But also, we're going to have a guest as well. Yes, we're very excited about it. Thank you guys for listening to Die Hard, as well as Home Alone, part of our four weeks of Christmas. Today, we're doing another Christmas movie. We're really stoked to have a guest in the studio, um, which they're going to be a little bit later. But for now, I think we're going to dive right in with some fun facts and production details. Yes, but I think first we should tell them what movie we're covering. Oh, yes, that (laughs) might be a good idea. (laughs) We are covering It's a Wonderful Life. And now I will dive into fun facts. Yes, It's a Wonderful Life. Um, So It's a Wonderful Life was released on January 7th, 1947. It was directed by Frank Capra. It is starring James Stewart, Donna Reed, Lionel Barrymore, Thomas Mitchell, Henry Travers, and Gloria Graham. It was distributed by RKO Pictures. It had a runtime of two hours and ten minutes. It's rated PG. It had a budget of $3.7 million, and unfortunately, their box office total was a little short of that, $3.3 million. Wow. So they did go into some debt there. Yeah. Not totally unsurprising, though, honestly. Um, when you look back at movies that, quote unquote, have stood the test of time, a lot of the time they're not massive successes right away. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of grow as time goes on. So it's it's interesting to hear that. Um, but at the same rate, uh, you know, obviously this was released in, did you say 48? 47. 47. Okay, so this was released in 47, it's 2023 now, Um, not quite 100 years, you know, right in that 80 uh, ballpark, but still, I mean, at this point in time, it's revered as one of the greatest, if not the greatest Christmas movie of all time, by most people's standards, so I think uh, that they're doing Mm a-okay. Okay, so I'm going to dive into some fun facts. Um, My first one is that at first, James Stewart, which is the guy who played George Bailey, um, he didn't know that he really wanted to be in a movie so soon after World War II because he was actually in, he fought in World War II. Oh, wow. Um, He was actually the first major American movie star to enlist in the United States Army and fight in World War II. Really? So um, Lionel Barrymore, who plays Mr. Potter, was the one to convince him to do the movie. Hmm. Interesting. My next one is that the movie was actually shot in the summertime. And if you look closely because of that, you can see some of the actors sweating, even in like the snowy scenes. Really? Yeah. That's Um, funny. Next is that before It's a Wonderful Life... Most movies for snow, they used cornflakes that were painted white. Yes. Um, they, and key detail, they were not toasted. Really? Yes. At least that's what I read. They were still very loud, though. Yes. So that's what I was about to say, that the director thought that it was too noisy. So he had the special effects team kind of do some little 
experimenting, I guess. And they use something called fomite, which is like, I think kind of like what's in fire extinguishers. I could be wrong. Um, I don't remember exactly. I did read about it while doing research, but it's, yeah, it's like a chemical snow, but it's, um, it's like kind of soap based. Yeah. And then they mixed it with sugar and water and that was how they got their snow, but they used 6,000 gallons of it in the movie. That's a lot. You know, I was actually, uh, when we watched the film, um, when we watched it, I was like, oh, that's obviously fake snow. Mm-hmm. And kind of it was running through my mind. I was like, you know, this is a really old movie. I wouldn't be surprised to find out if they used like asbestos. asbestos. Yep. And that's what they use in The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. That was immediately what ran through my head and just thinking about like, man, these poor actors, like they probably got cancer from this and all that stuff. If if that were true, which mm-hmm. obviously it was not, which is good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next. When... They were, so George and, why can't I think of her name, Mary, were throwing rocks at the house, like at the beginning. Yes. There was a stuntman off screen who was supposed to, you know, throw the rocks at the same time that the actors did, just so that way they could actually aim and throw them through okay. the window and break the windows. Yeah. Um. But Donna Reed, who plays Mary, actually, when she threw it, she hit and broke a window on her first try. So the oh, stuntman nice. was not needed. Very cool. Um, Next, the boy in the like dancing scene that pushes the button or uses the key or whatever to open up the gym floor and the swimming pool is revealed, you know? Yes. That boy is the actor who played Alfalfa in The Little Rascals. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's um, funny. And then the, the very first original Little yes, Rascals, because yes, there yes. has been multiple. Right. Um, next, so Beulah Bondi, she plays George's mother, has actually played James Stewart's mother in five different movies, including this one. Really? Yeah. That's I thought that was kind of crazy. They were none that I had heard of before, but. Yeah. Um, and then the last fact that I have is that. If you use an inflation calculator, the $8,000 that Uncle Billy lost, do you have a guess of how much it would be equivalent to today? It's going to be outstanding. I know that to be true because I have a detail about some inflation from that time. Um, I'd have to think it's roughly 10.5 times more in today's money. Uh, so I don't know what, what would it be? You don't have any guesses? I mean, 10.5 times 8,000 roughly equates to $85,000, but I feel like it's more than that. So maybe, maybe I'm wrong on what I'm thinking, but what is it? It is $136,742 and 67 cents. So it is more like 15 times. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, that's quite a bit of money. Yes. So it just kind of, I mean, I already knew that, you know, it was a lot back in those days, but I didn't know how a lot it was. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, that is all of the fun facts that I have. Okay. 
Well, production details are pretty minimal for what I have. Actually, um, the majority of research that I found was relative to when uh, Frank Capra, that's the director's name, correct? Yes. When he acquired the rights to do the film, um, it unfortunately became a very tangled mess between the original writer of the script, um, who he purchased the rights from, and, or I guess author, writer, whatever. Um, and it, it got really complicated really fast and ended really, really bitterly with the family not really liking Frank Capra at all. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So there's a lot of information about that. And I left all of that out. If that's of interest to you, you can find any of that probably on Wikipedia or, or something. But um, yeah, that was the majority of stuff that I found relative to production because it did affect production and just like the movie was named something differently and the story was supposed to go this way and all that stuff. But I don't feel like it's applicable here. Mm -hmm. So um, what I do have is that filming started on uh, April 15th, 1946, and it wrapped on July 27th, 1946, which puts them exactly um, on deadline for their 90-day principal photography schedule. So they were not over by one day or under. They were exactly right on track. Nice. Yep, which is extremely uncommon. Um for shooting, uh, the film was shot at RKO Radio Production Studios in Culver City, Culver City, California, on their 87-acre lot. Um, of the sets that were created for the film, only two have sur survived to modern day because they were at real locations. Um, the first one being the pool in the opening sequence where they opened the floor. Mm-hmm. That is still in function today and in use regularly at Beverly Hills High School. That's so crazy to me. I had never seen anything like that before. Yeah, me neither. I mean, it's to completely like I, wild. Mm -hmm. I don't know if like it's still like that where it has a retractable floor, but the the pool is in function and used to this day. <laughs> um, the other is the Martini Home. That is an actual home in L.A. County um, towards the mountains. Still standing? Yep. Wow. I don't know if it's still used as a home or if it's like a historical spot now or, mm -hmm. or something like that, but I didn't look that deep. Um, and then a couple um, details I have about some scenes when they were filmed. During the scene where Mr. Gower slaps young George for not delivering the medicine because it was actually poison mm -hmm. he didn't realize because he was distraught that his son died that he put the wrong medicine um hb gower who's the actor who plays or sorry hb warner um he's the actor who plays mr gower slapped robert james anderson the actor who plays young george uh for real and he actually made his ear bleed wow yeah that was not supposed to be in the movie where like you know george has a bloody ear mm -hmm. um and H.B. Warner felt horrible. Um, I'm that, sure. That's why um, in the scene you can see him embrace him so tightly, I guess, is mm -hmm. that he just, he felt terrible. Yeah. Um, I did not find if it caused any actual hearing damage for mm -hmm. the actor, but he did make his ear bleed for real. That is so crazy. Yep, it is. And then additionally, in the scene where Uncle Billy is clearly intoxicated after... Um, Harry and Ruth's welcome home slash newlywed party. And 
he's walking home. Um, he yells out, I'm okay, I'm okay, uh, implying that he crashed into some trash cans. Um, however, what actually happened was that on set, a technician had knocked over some equipment and the actor who played Uncle Billy ad-libbed that line on the spot. And the director liked it so much that he gave um, the technician $10 thanking him for the addition to the movie. And that $10 in today's money is worth $158. Oh, man. I just looked it up as you were saying that because really? I, <laughs> yeah. I was curious how much it was worth. Yeah, which is insane. Yeah. but And that's all I have for production details. Okay. So I have been big time struggling with this. So I want to hear what you are going to rate this movie. That's a tough one for me. It's a really tough one for me um, because I really like this movie. As you said in the intro, uh, we had never seen this movie prior to covering it for the podcast. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm a, I don't know if I would say like a big fan of classic movies, but Taking the time to watch like an old film is something that I enjoy just because uh, so much of the things that we've become, uh, become accustomed to in modern filmmaking is so like vastly different in old films. Mm -hmm. um, some good, some bad. I would say mostly good though. I think uh, the pacing is definitely slowed down and there's a bigger focus on story, mm -hmm. which I appreciate it. You know, you resonate with characters, um, on a deeper level. Right. Um, some things, you know, hit home a little bit harder, but, um, so I guess anyways, it was an interesting experience just to have watched it for the first time. But then additionally, um, there were a lot of things I wasn't anticipating mm -hmm. when I watched the film. Um, Honestly, the I wouldn't say that the movie necessarily feels long, because um, I, I feel like when you say a movie feels long, it kind of feels like you're saying that it's drawn out and that mm -hmm. you know it dragged and it's almost like a task to watch it. Mm -hmm. um, I did not feel that way. It did like I mean not in the way that you're explaining, but I do feel like it felt long. Like I just yeah. Um, I remember. I can't even remember why, but we like just checked how long, how much longer it was. Right. And it was like, oh my gosh, like there's still an hour left of this. Yeah. And well, that's what I was going to say is just that the first, almost the first full hour of the film is pretty much setting up backstory. Yeah. And it's, it's a lot of just really unexpected things for me mm -hmm. um, going into it blindly. I mean, I... I think you can say the same, but I pretty well knew the general story of the film. Just that George Bailey um, gets to a point where he wish he wasn't born and then it plays out. This is what it looked like. And then, you know, it's like, oh, OK, you're my life actually does matter. I I, I didn't even know that really extent of it. Okay. Yeah. So, I knew about like an angel getting his wings by doing something good. And that yeah. was all I knew. So I did have a general understanding of that, but nothing much more beyond that. And in that regard, like, I guess the, again, on that note, the first, first hour of the film was very unexpected, which I don't necessarily think is going to impact my score, but mm -hmm. it was just, 
I guess kind of unpacking my thought process here, there was a lot uh, more things that I didn't anticipate being in the film. Yeah. Um, which I feel like makes it harder for me to score. Yeah. Um, because at the end of the day, how I felt after watching the movie uh, was that this is a great movie. Mm-hmm. I love the story. I love the impact. You know, it made me not cry, but just like, um, I guess somewhat emotional. I don't know if that's the right word, but just Get like you're feeling some. like it, it moved me. Yeah. I think, I think that's the right word I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, but just that, you know, it, it was impactful in that regard. Um, I don't know. It's, it's a hard one to score because, uh, I could almost see myself saying like, oh yeah, this is like one of my favorite, if not my favorite Christmas movies of all time. But at the same time, like, I don't know that for me, it struck the chord of, I want to make this a tradition and watch this every year. Mm -hmm. Um, I really don't know. So for that reason, I'm going to just say, I'm giving this a 91. Okay. I'm giving it a 91 because I kind of want to give it a round 90, mm-hmm. but I, uh, I feel like it was really solid and I want to give it a 92, but mm-hmm. because I'm in between, I'm just, I'm just going to split the difference and give it a weird score of 91. Okay. I, w- I was kind of going to say the same thing. Like, I mean, I grew, grew it, grew, I went into it blind basically right um because i didn't know what all it was about and the first like half well maybe not half the first like 40 minutes or so i was like what is going on you know like there were a few instances like that yeah i felt the same way um not because it was like hard to follow or confusing or anything but it was just like different i guess it it's like okay what's the point here this Mm -hmm. isn't a christmas movie you know like what's going on yeah um so anyways so yeah but um like you said at the by like by the end i was like oh wow like that like that was powerful and i i enjoyed like you know seeing everything come together and it was you know thought-provoking you know like oh, what, like, who all have I impacted in that way? You know, like, what right. What would be different if I wasn't here? And, you know, just, like, things like that. Um, and I think it really also helps you to, to to kind of, you know, not take for granted the things that you have and the things that you've done. And, yeah, um, yeah. So all that to say, I think I'm going to go with, and 88 really yes wow i'm surprised i expected you it to be a little bit higher i'm sorry i talked it up and then i didn't do a super high score no it's just like i mean i don't know i i did enjoy it so i'm not gonna give it like a like a 60 or a 70 right um but i don't feel the same as you where it's like oh like this might be one of my new favorite christmas movies um yeah um, so i don't know yeah i don't know and i think that's maybe what sums up my feelings like i'd say the the last the like the second half of the movie for Mm -hmm. sure is like wow this is you know really impactful very moving everything that you said Mm -hmm. but the first half is just story 
Yeah. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I guess I want to touch on something here in light of having watched Die Hard last week mm-hmm. or uh, well, covering Die Hard on the podcast last week and the idea of like, is this a Christmas movie or is it not? Did what, you have those thoughts too? I exactly. Uh, yeah, that's where I I'm going did with this. Too. I was actually going to ask you, do you think this is a Christmas movie? And I'm sure there are some people listening right now that are like, are you kidding? Are you me? kidding? What are you talking about? <laughs> of course, this is a classic. But when you really break down, like, you know, uh, okay, so look, I really enjoyed some of the text messages or DMs that we got um, regarding Die Hard. And if it, you know, is it a Christmas movie or is it not? We had some people saying yes and no. And I talked to people at work and just stuff like that. Like, it was a lot of fun Mm -hmm. because it very much like there is a real conversation there. Mm -hmm. So to those of you who texted us or sent us a DM or commented or anything like that, like, thank you. It was very enjoyable. Um, but on that note, like what specifically what sticks in my mind, um, someone had said, oh, you know, Die Hard is like it just so happens to happen on the Christmas holiday. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make it a Christmas movie. OK, well, I would counter the same argument here. I know that yeah. this just so happens to happen on Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of the fact of that the rest of the movie really has nothing to do with the quote unquote Christmas. Right. And you can make the argument of, well, yeah, but this is a movie about hope. And that's really the heart of Christmas is, Mm -hmm. you know, the hope that um, we have in Jesus who's been born in human flesh to be the savior of our world, you know, that and the salvation that we can have through him, he, he freed us from our sin. Um, by placing our trust in him, he's here. This is our hope. This It's the season of hope, right? That's what the holiday is. You can make that argument for this movie that it uh, kind of encapsulates the quote-unquote heart of Christmas. But at the end of the day, I mean, that's kind of... You could make that argument for a lot of movies. You, yeah, exactly. You could that, that doesn't necessarily equate it to be a Christmas movie, and mm-hmm. you really could make that argument for Die Hard as well. Right. And, you know, good conquering evil, uh, you know, the the son of God, uh, that that is the deliverance from that is the 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 crushing blow to the enemy, the bad, the evil Satan. Um, So, I mean, I think, you know, it gets really complicated when you start kind of talking about those things. And it's just universally been accepted Mm -hmm. over the last 80 some years that this is a Christmas movie. And I'm, I'm not arguing that it is or isn't. I'm just saying yeah. that like... The thought crossed my mind. Right. Specifically because we covered Die Hard. That was in my mind just as I watched this movie. And especially when you look at like the first half of the movie is just all the story about George's life and all the stuff that's going on and how he fell in love with Mary and all, like nothing at all that's relative to Christmas. Mm-mm. It's it's his life. Mm-hmm. Um. So... You know, I think for those of you who are vehemently opposed to Die Hard being a Christmas movie, and I know some people who are, you know, like, no, it absolutely is not, while all this at the same time maintaining that It's a Wonderful Life absolutely is, uh, maybe reflect, yeah. consider, <laughs> weigh it out. <laughs> and I probably should have said this earlier, but I, as I was researching for our podcast today, yeah. Um, I did come across a quote from the director or I think it was the director that said, 
when he first came across this, because like you said earlier, like it was it's based on a, you know, a story and things. Right. He did not view it as a Christmas, like that it was going to be a Christmas movie. Right. So it was I mean, not intended to be that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So again, that right. kind of. But again, we're, we're not arguing that it is or isn't, but <laughs> right. it, it is. It was just I'm I'm glad that you said that because yeah. I was thinking the same exact thing. Yeah. It just so happens to that. That's our mindset because of having covered Die Hard recently. Mm-hmm. So anyways, getting back on track here. Um, were there any scenes that really stuck out to you that you really, really liked or anything that you did not like or? Um, it's hard. I, I did, even though, like we said earlier, it did feel long, like not, not because it felt like it was not in a dragged bad way. out, not in a bad way, but, um, I did appreciate like them taking the time to go back and review everything uh, that had happened so far in George Bailey's life just so that way I mean it was that much more impactful when you know like we saw oh like your brother died when he was eight because you weren't there to right. save him and yeah. you know all of these different things that it's like he probably would have never even thought of you know happening right um so I did appreciate that they took that time to go through all of those scenarios in his life Um, and I also, um, oh, I'm trying to think, can you take a turn while I think of more scenes that I liked? (laughs) Yeah. Um, so one thing I will say just off the top of my head that I did not like about this movie was the, uh, blatant, uh, biblical inaccuracy, um, just in regards to like, you know, Clarence is an angel and all this stuff. Like, obviously, like, this is a story and it's fictional and, you know, we don't have to dive super deep into it and whatever. But just the idea that, like, oh, angels earn their wings, like, you know, that doesn't happen. And when humans die, uh, we don't become angels, which is inferred in this movie. Um, you know, that's that's not a part of scripture. Um, angels and humans are created distinctly separate. And one of the unique things about us is that we're created in God's image and angels are not. Um, so anyways, it, it's just, you know, for those of you who uh, maybe have never uh, realized those things, uh, that this is really just kind of a Hollywood thing that's been put into stories that's not actually true. So Mm -hmm. that did bother me a little bit. You know, it's not like, oh, man, I dislike this movie because it's in there. But it's just like, oh, yeah, uh, that's not accurate. Um, (laughs) But anyways, um, but I mean, overall, I think what I really did like is uh, I, I liked a lot of stuff about this movie. One thing that rings true for myself is just. George's uh, relationship with his brother, Harry. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciated that he was like genuinely happy for him Yeah, all throughout it when he, I mean, obviously there were undertones of, you know, like, oh, like he's off doing these amazing things and I'm stuck here when I wanted to do amazing things. Right. But I did appreciate that despite that, like he seemed genuinely happy for him um, and right. all of his accomplishments. Sorry not to cut you off, but. No, you're fine. Um, but just, you know, I have two older brothers who I love very, very much and look up to. And um, just like there's a little scene in there when Ruth is being introduced to George for the first time. She's like, oh, it's so nice to finally meet you, you know. 
Um, Harry's always talking about George this and George that. And I guess that resonates with me a little bit, especially when I was younger. Um, I just always talked about my brothers to other people, uh, talked up about them just in the sense of like, you know, oh yeah, this is what my brother's doing. Or he he just, I guess bragging about them and Mm -hmm. just, I relate to having that closeness and relationship. Um, and I, I appreciate that. Um, so anyways, I, I liked that that was in there. I also really, really liked, um, the overall message of the film, which is just that you do matter, you know, your life matters. And, um, you know, we all have bad days sometimes, Mm -hmm. and sometimes we have horrible, awful days. Um, just the days that absolutely take your breath away and, um, things that are completely devastating and the temptation that can arise in those situations is exactly what George ex- experienced with that feeling of worthlessness and that, you know, it's easier to just escape by, um, calling it quits and getting out and being done with it. Um, which is so sad, but the ultimate message being here that, um, you know, whether you realize it or not, whether you believe it or not, you have impacted other people's lives. You have made a difference in someone's life at some point, um, which has inevitably blossomed into something totally beautiful. So, you know, regardless of your religious beliefs or anything like that, which, you know, I would highly encourage you to, um, Look to see what scripture says, the Bible, see what the Bible has to say about you and the value of your life. Um, because there's really something truly special about what God has to say about you and how you were created and your worth and what your worth is based on. Um, but if that's something that, you know, you don't ascribe to, then just know that um, taking your life is never the answer. And I love, I love seeing that play out here on screen. Just that, uh, George is at such a low point and he's there, he's ready to do it. And, uh, the ultimate, I guess, point is that, Hey, um, you know, literally somebody else would have died if you weren't alive. Um, let alone all these other amazing things and just that our lives do have value and that we do matter and that you matter. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, well said. Uh, thank you. Um, that was not prepared, just kind of <laughs> coming from the heart, I guess. So is there anything, did, were you able to think? I was. Oh, good. Yes, yeah, so um, a couple other scenes that I really liked were um I loved when Mary said to George um I can't remember the exact quote but when she was asking him like do you remember when we were making like throwing rocks in the window and I wished for something like this is what I wished for like when they you know I really liked that scene um when they were like in the house you know it was like they're her like dream came true, I guess, of marrying him and having the house and making it their own and things. I will say on that note, like it kind of resonated with me 
probably because we're in the middle of house projects right now as we're recording, but mm-hmm. just like, I don't know. It just made my heart happy. Um, seeing that play out like that, uh, Mary was working hard on the house, giving it character, giving it love, making it their own and all that stuff. And obviously it's a little different because we built our home mm-hmm. and they, I guess, kind of rebuilt their home cause mm-hmm. it was, you know, dilapidated and all that stuff. But just the idea of like, Oh, hey, I love seeing that because we're doing that, too. You mm-hmm. know, we're pouring lo- love, uh, sweat, equity into our home and all this stuff. And yeah. So. Um, and then my another one that I liked was um, when George Bailey, like, cut, like he's gone around with Clarence when, you know, like he wasn't born anymore. And, right. uh, he's like back, he realizes, Oh, like I have my life back. And he's just like running through the streets, like, like shouting Merry Christmas. And like, even like when he gets home and yeah. they're like saying that they're there to arrest him, you know, like, or whatever. Um, and he's still like, just so joyful. Yeah. He's like, that's wonderful. Thank yeah. you. And yeah. Yeah. Um, but I also really liked when, you know, everybody just started coming in and like giving money and yeah. um, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, that's the yeah. ultimate payoff of the film, right? Right. That all these people that George sacrificed his life for came around him and uh, showed up, mm-hmm. delivered in his time of need, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but I think those are the, those are the main ones that I liked. Yeah. Um. Cool. Well, I think there's a lot of things that we kind of could explore and touch on and um, keep going down rabbit holes, but I think I'm good. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I assume, are you good? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, then without further ado, I think it is time that we introduce our guest that's in the studio. So today we have a new guest in the studio. He's somebody that has meant quite a lot to Emily and I both personally. He's impacted our life hugely. Um, he was our youth group leader growing up. Also, um, he was one of Emily's neighbors. Yes. <laughs> and he's uh, he's just someone that has truly meant a lot to us. He's impacted us. He was one of the very first people to reach out to us and tell us that he was enjoying the show. Um, so we're really excited to have Phil Conrad in the studio with us today. So, Phil... Uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here on the Married to Movies podcast. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm Phil Conrad. I've, I don't know, um, been in uh, Indiana, I guess now for 20-ish years, just right at 20 years. Um, I'm married, have three kids, all adult children now, and the youngest one is a freshman in college. Um, at this point and the oldest is um, he's out of he's out of school and is married now as, as well and um, so yeah doing well um, I work in the uh, I work in higher education but I, I work in cybersecurity so uh, yeah just a little bit different than than, than movies I guess but um, pretty cool though but yeah yeah it's, it's fun it's fun <laughs> yeah and, and phil you've had a podcast of your own in the past correct i did um several years ago i i ran it for about three years i ran um actually exactly 100 episodes it was called nice. um, an intentional parenting podcast um yeah and that ran from 2015 to 2017 i think it, it, time frame was so 
Yeah. But yeah, I enjoyed that uh, quite a bit. Yeah, that's super cool. Awesome. Well, I know that you are a pretty big fan of It's a Wonderful Life, right? I'm a very big fan, yeah. This is... This movie's been pretty impactful, I think, over the years. Uh, this is the one that, that my wife and I would watch every Christmas Eve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably since we were married. And so it's... I've probably seen this movie between 25 and 30 times at this point. That's wow. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I ask you that as you're wearing it, it's a wonderful life t-shirt in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I picked this t-shirt up, uh, at the, it's a, or we were in Seneca falls. Yeah. New York. And so we, we took a trip out East and we, um, uh, we drove. And so part of the trip, this was my wife and I's, uh, 25th anniversary trip. And so, um, we were passing through New York and I intentionally made sure we had a, a stop repaired in Seneca Falls where they have the, it's a wonderful life museum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I believe every year they have uh, like a festival around surrounding it's a wonderful life. Yes. I believe on the second Saturday of December. Okay. Which would make it today yeah. as we are recording. Oh, that's awesome. The yeah. second <laughs> Saturday of December. Yeah. yeah. At the time of this recording. So, uh, so yeah, all that that's kind of funny how that lines up. But um, so yeah, we passed through there, and then um, at there's one of the stores in in that town. We they had a bunch of T-shirts related to its wonderful life, and yeah. so we we bought one for each each of us in the family and the kids and stuff. And so um, so that was a lot of fun. And they have just different things. They have like a, a bridge that's very similar to the one that that Georgia Bailey yeah mm-hmm. you know jumps off of to save Clarence and um just all yeah all kinds of like things related to it's wonderful life there so it was a lot yeah. of, a lot of fun that's yeah. super cool well i think we'll start out with how we introduce every guest onto the show is how would you rate this movie on a scale of one to 100 and i will tell you that i rated it as a 91 and m how did you rate it i think an 88 yes yeah yeah so those are our scores how how does yours uh stack up? Uh, mine is 100 Wow. Yeah. Yes. Really? This is my 100 movie. Nice. Yeah. That is, you are only our second guest on the show. And that's actually only the second time on the show mm-hmm. we've had a 100 rating. Yeah. yeah. The other was for The Incredibles. Really? Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So as I was thinking, I was thinking about this along around, I was thinking about this on my drive here. Yeah. And I, I thought to myself, I bet they are going to be between an 88 and a 92 on, on really? the rating. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That yeah. wow, you I, know us well. <laughs> well, <laughs> part part of it, yeah. But also, like, I don't know, I would have rated this a hundred the first time I saw it. After the first time I saw it, either. That's fair. So, yeah, because this this is the very first time yeah. we watched it. Yes. Um, and so that 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 was a lot of it. Like, it was it was a good movie, but like, uh, part of it is like it grows on you. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah, I feel like it means more as I've gotten older. It like has meant more. Yeah. to yeah. me, like different parts of the story. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that. Our pastor, he actually spoke about It's a Wonderful Life in a, a sermon recently, and he said more or less the same thing, that mm-hmm. it is probably his favorite Christmas movie and that it, his appreciation for it grows every yeah. year. Mm-hmm. And it was honestly between him and my brother, Josh, um, who watched it for the first time last year and said, hey, it's probably my favorite Christmas movie yeah. now. Like, you should, you guys should definitely check it out. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I would say it's my, I mean, I would say it's not my favorite Christmas movie. It's my favorite movie. That, I was just about to ask. That. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, um, well, and we'll, we'll get into all, all the reasons and stuff, but, um, 
but one of the reasons I think is like, this is the one that, that my wife and I quote all year long, Yeah, you know, okay. Like quote, yeah. quote, quote, quotability is one of those things. It definitely I, is. Yeah. I've even talked about <laughs> yeah. with movies and stuff. And so like, um, yeah, across the board, I think this is the movie we, we for sure quote throughout the year the most. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Okay. So what are some of the quotes that you guys throw out? Okay. Um, let's see. I think, well, one of them is, is kind of like, maybe we don't, we don't uh, quote this one necessarily as much as we used to, but yeah, when George is, um, I kind of have to find it here in my, in my notes, but he's, he, he comes home, he's all, he's all upset. He can't find, um, he can't find the, the money. Yes. And he's kind of tearing through the house and let's see, he's back at home. He's like, Oh, you know, another red letter day for the Bailey's. Oh, hey, he says, and he says this to his wife, he's like, you call this a happy family? Why do we have to have all these kids? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so it's, it's, some of those, it's some of those moments, like, you know, comedically, my wife and I will just, you know, say and just, why do we have right. to have all these kids? Yeah. Right, you yeah. Know? That is so just funny. Just when, when things are kind of kind of stressful just to yeah. kind of lighten mm-hmm. the mood, you know, or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's that's one of the one of the big ones. Um, oh, and then... Um, when George and Clarence are, are in that little, um, I don't even know what to call it, boathouse or whatever, by by the river, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, um, just kind of getting to know each other, and yeah, and Clarence says something to the effect of, "Well, we don't we don't use money in heaven," and and George says, "It comes in pretty handy down here, bub." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that yeah, some of the oh, and uh, one of the one oh well, the shirt, my shirt says, yes. "I'm all right, I'm all right." Mm-hmm. The, yeah. The big quote from uh, Uncle Billy is he's leaving the wedding party from um, yes Harry and his new bride uh, Ruth 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 Dick yes. and Bailey yep um, and yeah so he's like he's you know drunk and he's walking off and cra- tra- right. crashes into the trash cans and says I'm all right I'm all right <laughs> yes right so yeah. like I say we say that a lot um, oh and then the, another big one is. Uh, another between George and Clarence and, and, uh, George says, Oh, I don't know either. I'm off my nut or he is, or yeah. you are right. <laughs> Clarence yeah. says, tisn't me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's, that's another one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just, there's just a lot, just a lot of, a lot of fun ones, uh, from that movie that we threw out there and yeah, yeah that's the year. So yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. Cool. Well, um, we do have some trivia for you, but before we get there, um, what are some of the scenes that stand out to you that you really mm. like or maybe dislike or anything in between? Um, so more and more, uh, there aren't any scenes I dislike. At the at the museum, I picked up a book called It's a Wonderful Life, a scene-by-scene guide to the classic film by Michael Wildian. Okay, that's cool. Um, and I, so I read through this. Yeah. Um, probably in preparation for the, for the, the podcast here. Yes. <laughs> but um, so I, start, I started reading it and then um, I put it aside and then we talked about doing this podcast. I'm like, oh, this is a perfect time to get this book back out. Right. Yeah. And um, so I read through it and he also has a book um, along the lines for the movie Casablanca. Oh, which I would really? love to check that There's out. another movie that I know you guys have done. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. So, um, so one that you might be interested in, but, and so going through, through this, um, helped kind of connect some things yeah because um 
it was really interesting to kind of learn more about the movie and kind of yeah. even about some of the edits that mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. that are that are um, kind of thrown out. So I don't think I don't think I would say anymore that there's a scene I don't like. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, there's a lot of scenes I like. So, and I'll just kind of run through, yeah, um, some of this list that I have. So, um, George is a boy with his friends, you know, where it starts yes. out, he's, they're sledding down the hill and, um, he's, you know, then him and his buddies are kind of walking through town and just like those, uh, those are fun scenes. Like, it's just yeah. like, there's just like a genuineness to it. And like, yeah. you know, it's like a, it's, it's just such a neat, a neat film. Cause it's like this era of like, like, no tech, right? It's like, yeah, nobody's like, you know, sledding down a hill with their phone, like <laughs> yeah. making a, a video yeah. for TikTok. Or right. Yeah. They're, yeah, just yeah. En- they're just enjoying right. life yeah. and each other. Yeah. yeah. And so that's, you know, that's part of it. And, um, then when, um, when George goes in and to get his, he's shopping for a suitcase. Right. And he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he's, he's talking to the, to the guy and he's like, and the guy's showing him Georgia, a suitcase. He's like, no, no, I, I want, I want, I want a big one. Yeah. Freeze on that, on that. They do a freeze frame on that shot of George, you know, holding his hand out Yeah, for like a, a couple seconds Yeah, in the movie. And like, I love that. I love that shot. Yeah. Um, and I love this, this, that scene because he's just excited for his future and like the possibilities and the, and like the, yeah, what his future holds and like this trip he's about to go on. So I like that scene a lot. Um, I love the kind of the, the scene with George and his dad, they're having a conversation between the two at, at, at the dinner table before yes. mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, George goes off to the, the party. Um, again, that has like a, such a, a genuine to it. And then his dad is just such a, just like a gentle spirit, spirited guy, you know, and just warm and, and like, just, um, I don't know. It's just a neat, a neat scene between the two. Like he's, you know, trying to ask George if, if, if he'd be interested in coming back to the building alone. And yeah. Mm-hmm. And George is uh, just like, Oh, damn. Uh, it's just, I don't know, dad, it's just yeah. not, yeah. you know? <laughs> and so I, I don't, I, but there's just, there's a lot of like about that scene with, um, even with Annie, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Annie, why don't you drop a chair? That way you'd be more comfortable. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, what if I thought you guys, I don't know what she said. Like, yeah. 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 Um, guys, anything worth saying? Right. And, yeah. uh, yeah. So that, that's that whole scene. And, uh, and then of course the, the, the Charles Charleston contest, dancing scene mm-hmm. yeah. where they're in the gym and then the whole um deal with the, the gym pool. floor yeah. opens up yeah. and yeah, yeah that whole thing is that, that's just a great scene yeah which we covered that we talked about that earlier in the episode um did you know that that is like a real pool at a school that's still in use today beverly hills high school i did yes okay. that so crazy. um and the martini home yes. as i understand mm-hmm. are the only two yep. uh sites that remain yep from the movie yeah. Um, yeah. Everything else was, you know, a set and has been since torn down and whatnot. But yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that, which is a cool, which would be kind of fun to, you know, visit that yeah. high yeah. school. Right? Yeah. It'd be super to cool. That. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then George and Mary, they're walking along the street singing Buffalo Gals. Yeah. And they're walking down the street together. The the whole Lasso of the Moon quote mm-hmm. scene yes. is, is really, um, really cool. Cause it's just, it's like, I don't know, who would like think of that? Like, that's, that's just kind of sweet and, right. neat, you know, yeah. kind of a fun. Yeah a fun scene. Oh, and then like, um, he like steps on a robe and she like hides in the bushes and mm-hmm. this whole, this whole part. Yeah. 
So this is like another famous, like another quote that my 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 wife and I do. will say like, well, "This is a very interesting situation." <laughs> Not every right. day a man gets in a right. situation yeah. like this. Right. Not in Bedford Falls, anyway. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. That, that whole thing's hilarious. And yeah, she's like, "Oh, I'll call the police." Yeah. Like, oh, they're way downtown. They they'd be in my side. Anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that whole thing. Um, and of course, we talked about the at the party for Harry and Ruth, Uncle Billy. Right. You know the whole "I'm all right." Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, scene. Um, Bert and Ernie serenading George and Mary on their honeymoon. Yes. And the, the I love you truly song. They, they yes. sing out outside the window. Um, uh, and then one of these days, this bright young man is going to be asking George Bailey for a job. So that was the accountant that was talking to Mr. Potter mm-hmm. and showing him all the. Oh, development, yes, 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 right? yes. Yep. And uh, he's in his office. And yeah, before he walks out, he's like, and this is yeah, another quote. Um uh, one of these days, this bright young man is going to be asking George Bailey for a job. Well, yeah. Uh, in February of 2020, this bright young man did ask George Bailey for a job. So there was a job opening at at this um, uh, organization I work for. And the hiring yeah. manager's name was George Bailey. Really? <laughs> Legit. <laughs> that so is hilarious. hilarious. <laughs> and um, so I asked him for a job. And, and so I, I, I applied for a position. Yeah. That was February 20. 20 and of course in march 2020 came right the pandemic yep. yep and along with the pandemic came a hiring freeze and so right um i had to wait a year and a half again ask george bailey for a job yeah mm-hmm. and 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 i got it at that time so i actually worked nice. for george bailey That's awesome. that is at this point. <laughs> that yeah. is so funny yeah, yeah. um <laughs> so yeah so that 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 was that's kind of a fun a fun detail and it's yeah. just kind of a a fun thing like to well, especially for somebody who's a big fan of the movie. Yeah, exactly. You know, right? yeah. Exactly. Like, this is like my dream. Yeah. Right. right. That'd be like if my boss's name was like Tony Stark. You know? Right. right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you, you, just, you know, you just find uh, you just find the Tony Starks. You see uh, yeah. what right. company and what jobs he's hiring for. And, right. and there yeah. you go. Um, yeah. The whole, whole scene we kind of discussed. He's back at home with the family. The, the family's decorating the tree with all the kids around. Um, doing different things. Jenny's playing the piano. That whole scene, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, I think part of that too is like the stress that he feels in that moment is kind of relatable. In that scene, you know, the whole idea of bringing your work home with you, like, yeah, just like, you know, he's he's has this work issue that he's trying to resolve and can't resolve, and he just he just can't fix it. Right. And it's mm-hmm. just like weighing on him, and so just like. You know, cause I've, I've had those times where like you come home and you're just like not in a good place yes. to like yep. deal with your family and your, yep. your kids. And it's just, it can be challenging. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, the scene where with Clarence and then George jumps in to save him, that whole, that whole thing. And, and Clarence is going on about how he's, you know, whatever, 293 next May is how right. he's going yeah. right? And so, and, and then like the, the one guy, like, kind of looks at him and like gives up, get up <laughs> yeah gets up to leave yeah and clarence is like cheerio my good man yeah, right yeah <laughs> that whole thing just like the way yeah. clarence is like his whole i don't know his whole disposition and then just some of the phrases and language he uses is just hilarious yeah the way he talks like you know throughout the film is great mm-hmm. yeah um i will say i in that scene specifically one thing that stood out to me that i did like was um when 
George was saying, yeah, I, he was kind of complaining like, well, this wouldn't happen if I didn't save you or something mm-hmm. or other. And Clarence chimes in and he's like, well, I saved you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, what's like where the story is going and what's going to happen. But I just, I just, I love that interchange. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, because then Clarence goes on to say, well, I'm your guardian angel. And then, right. and then George is like, well, you look about the kind of angel I'd get. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's so many like kind of one-liners throughout here. That, yeah. This yeah. movie that's just great. Um, oh, and then like, uh, so they're in, they're in Powdersville. Um, they go back to what they think is martinis, but it's now called Nick's. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. In the yeah. bar. And then they get ready to get tossed out. And, and this is kind of one of those quotes that Nick says, I'll shoot you pixies. Go true to door <laughs> out the window. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that. And then, yeah. um, and then the scene where he goes back to his, his mom's house and his mom doesn't recognize him. Of oh, course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he like runs back out to the street and he, he like, he like looks from, well, like, I guess left to right. And, and the, the, the camera does an extreme close up right there on his face. Mm-hmm. Yes. And like, just that whole like he like looks right into the camera and then like you know pans across and yeah um i really like that scene um yeah and then at the end where you know um he runs back to the the bridge and this is when bert's been kind of chasing him through town and um he's just praying and yeah and wanting like life to get back to normal or the yep. way it was. And, um, you know, regardless of the consequences and, and then, um, yeah, Bert comes, comes back to him and he's, um, everything's back to normal. He's like, my, yeah, my mouth's bleeding, Bert. My mouth's bleeding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then he's like running through Bedford falls and Merry Christmas, Bedford falls, <laughs> yeah. you know, all this stuff. And then of course the classic closing scene, uh, at the very end of the movie and they, uh, they're all, all the, you know, he's, all the people are bringing money for him and yeah. mm-hmm. everybody's coming in and um, Harry gets home and, and then they sing, they close with a song, old Lang Syne and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, just that classic. Yeah. Part. So, yeah. So yeah, I guess that those are, um, that's pretty much the whole movie, I guess, sort of, but <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert, but, but uh, I mean, so like the whole, the whole movie, the whole movie is my favorite scene. Yeah. I, yeah. Guess. yeah. I don't know. It's, you know, it's hard to know yeah. exactly where to stop and yeah, that, but no, I, well, I think that speaks to the fact that this movie really does mean a lot to you, yeah. that you truly are a fan. Sure. And I mean, that's kind of what I would anticipate from somebody who gave it a 100 score. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, um, I think we're going to dive into some trivia now. Okay. Um, so we have uh, four or five. five. We have five questions for you. Mm-hmm. Um, M, do you want to start us off? Sure. Okay. Okay, so first one, can you name all of Georgia's children? I thought you might ask that question. Really? <laughs> all right. Uh, Pete? Yes. Mm-hmm. Janie? Yep. Tommy? Yep. Mm-hmm. And Zuzu? Great job. Nice. Nailed and it. Did you know we at one point had a cat named Zuzu? I did know that. I did yes. not. Yes. Yeah. I've met That's her great. before. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we had to put her down back in May this year. Oh, so 18 years yeah. we had that cat. 18 years. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, we got a new cat. Um, we named our new one Fezzy. Yeah. After the character Fezziwig from A Christmas Carol. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah that's awesome. <laughs> so, A Christmas Carol is my wife's favorite favorite movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's cool. Um, so, yeah. It's funny because, I mean, like we said, we had never seen this movie before yeah. last week. And right. when when I watched it, 
and I heard the name Zuzu, I thought of your cat. <laughs> I was like, oh. Yep. <laughs> That's where the name came from. That is so funny. Oh, man. Okay. Next question. Which year did George lose hearing in? Ooh, which year? That would have been during the thing. I think it was 19... Oh, sorry. Sorry. Ear. Ear. If you want to say oh, the year, too, year? though, go Yeah, for I it. would be oh. incredibly impressed if you knew the year. Yeah, I think it was, I think it was 1919 when they held the whole slutting deal. Yeah. Yeah, his left so. ear, though. Yeah. yeah. Nailed it. Great. Nailed Bonus it. points. Yeah. Yeah, you had the year and the year. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, you're right. Which year? Which year? Which year? No, but yeah. I, I think they do... They timeline that out, don't yeah, they? In they the do. Movie? Exactly. Yeah. I thought yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. Man, that would have been a better question. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, okay, next one. When Clarence was alive, what did he do for a living? Oh, um, when Clarence was alive, what did he do for a living? I don't remember that one. That's okay. What was it? A clockmaker. Clockmaker. Okay. Yes. All right, next question. What did George always wish for when he first came into the drugstore? I wish I had a million dollars. Yep. Hot dog. <laughs> that one's a gimme. Yeah. They had one of those little devices at that museum. Oh, really? It wasn't the one from the movie, but they had a like a, a replica mm-hmm. um, yeah. of those little, little lighter things. Is that what it's supposed to be? It it's like a, it's a lighter. lighter. Yeah, oh, that makes a, sense, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was trying to kind of figure that out, mm-hmm. but that okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, last one. What is Mr. Potter's first name? Uh, Henry. Yes. Yep. Henry F. Great Potter, job. I believe. I think so. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yep. Very nice. Well, that's that's the trivia we had prepped for you. <laughs> okay. So beyond this, it's kind of wide open. Anything you want to talk about, uh, you know, shoot okay. for it. Go for it. Well, I'll, I'll move into like some some personal reasons why this okay. movie is special. Yes. Um. So I mentioned this, the scene where George comes home stressed after losing the $8,000 yeah, and just being able to relate to that. Yeah. So, um, you know, having grown children now and kind of raised a family, um, you know, there are those times where you just like, you know, feel that, feel that stress because mm-hmm. yeah, life's just not always, you know, roses and easy. Yeah. Right. And, um, and so that was, you know, that was you know, something I could resonate with. Yeah. Um, this movie reminds me of home. So, okay. You know, small town, yeah. USA. Um, my grandpa ran a small community bank. Okay. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. My grandpa was born in 1909. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think George Bailey would have been born around 1908 or 07. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Ish. Um, so it just kind of gives me, uh, thoughts of like, well, I mean, maybe this was sort of what my grandpa's experience could have been like sure. working at a bank in 1946 or 1938, right. you know, through that, yeah. that time period. So that was just kind of, kind of neat. Um, uh, just, you know, think about them, um, being the, being the same age. So, um, so that was kind of fun. I, I love Jimmy Stewart. I think he's, a, you know, just a phenomenal act, actor. Yeah. Um, you know, of course I've seen other movies that he's been in, um, Rear Window and The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance comes to mind. Okay, yeah. Liberty Van, I can't remember the title. Um, so yeah, there's some other movies he's been in that I, and just, I don't know, being able to just like, he's very imitatable. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you hear like uh, Jimmy Fallon does a quick 
um, impression in the, in the movie Fever Pitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've seen that movie. I have not. He's like, he's like him and Drew Barrymore okay. um, are walking in the park and he's like, oh, hey, Clarence. You know, I just kind of like throw out some, <laughs> some names and yeah, trying to, you know, from the It's Wonderful Life movie, I think. And, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, uh, I, think Dana, I think I've seen Dana Carvey do a good um, impression of Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> On Saturday Night Live or something somewhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure he yeah, can like, do everybody. Yeah, yeah, he can, <laughs> yeah. So he's, he's he's pretty funny. And then like, but like, it's wonderful life. Is like it's it's a movie you see uh, characters watching in other movies. Like I think it comes up in yeah, yeah. Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. It does Home Alone maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Batman the animated series in the '90s had a full episode dedicated to "It's a Wonderful no Life." No kidding. Which that was one of my favorite cartoons growing up. Yeah. I have the entire series on DVD. Uh, but yeah, they uh, they kind of play out George Bailey's life through Bruce Wayne. Like you know, it, I wish I wasn't Batman just because of the toll it's taking on his yeah. life type thing. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah, that's interesting. Um. And then, like I mentioned, uh, my wife and I visited Seneca Falls back in the fall of 22. Um, and then someday I want to get to the Jimmy Stewart Museum, oh, which is located cool. uh, located in his birthplace. Do you know where that is? I do no. not. Indiana, Pennsylvania. Oh, really? I did see that now that, that you bring it up. Yeah, that, that, is, yeah, so that cool. is very interesting. <laughs> Another tie-in to, yeah. because we're in Indiana. Yeah. Yeah. We're Hoosiers over here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, like I said, this is my favorite movie, the one we watch every Christmas Eve as a family. So as you guys over the Smith household are watching Home Alone, yes. yeah. we're back in the Conrad household watching It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, admittedly, sometimes we'll, you know, we, we fall asleep to it because it's right. Sometimes we, you can't get to it till it's late, you know? We yeah. Oh my gosh. Our, yeah. Our Christmas Eve service, you know, at, at church. Right. And then, yeah. Um, and the guy, and we usually would watch that after we put the kids to bed. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, it'd be kind of late sometimes. And so, um, but yeah, it's, and then eventually the kids are, are brought in to, to watch it with us. Um, yeah. I mentioned it being a really quotable movie. Um, and then, yeah, being seen in other movies and stuff. But, um, yeah, probably, like, I think the biggest, like, thing personally is just the whole, like, um, tie-in with the, with the banking um, yeah. aspect of it. And, like, you know, my again, my grandpa being – my my dad was then um, uh, president of, the, of that bank okay. um, as my grandpa left and moved on and stuff. Um, and so just growing up in that – growing up with that. Um, yeah. Being able to identify with a small, you know, community bank was very – right. So that, that, that kind of makes it, you know, pretty personal that way. Um, and it's just like, you know, a lot of ties in, a lot of tie-ins with that. Yeah. Um, so through, uh, with that, I'm, I have a, a few, well, more than a few fun facts as well. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. So we love it. I don't know, you know, again, I, um, maybe some of these you've covered, but okay. the, the creative seed and a lot of these were, again, were from this book, uh, scene by scene guide to the classic film by Michael William. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, so that is so cool. I'm, I'm definitely going to check out the Casablanca one just because yeah. it's like, it's not a novelization of the film. Mm-hmm. It's like breaking down the actual yes. movie. Yeah, that's yes. really cool. Yeah. That's so I, so what I, yeah. So part of, and you know, preparing, I read this book and then I would watch the scene after I had read that chapter or whatever. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. 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 And so then awesome. I, I broke it up that way. Yeah. And it, you know, just, it just, cause he, he points out so much stuff. Yeah. Within each scene. And, kind of helps, I don't know, make, make more sense of some of the things that maybe that make yeah. sense. Um, so yes, yeah, so that was, that was pretty interesting. Um, but he says the, the creative seed for 
Wonderful Life was a short story called The Greatest Gift by Philip Van Doren, uh, Philip Van Doren Stern. Yeah. First printed in 1943. Um, and then he said, I read it was loosely inspired by a Christmas carol, though I'm not certain that was 100% accurate. Okay. So that's kind of a neat tie in again, because I mentioned my wife's favorite film, right. A Christmas Carol, yeah. um, being sort of inspiration for this book, which was the inspiration for this movie. Right. Um, which, by the way, listeners, Phil, being the sweet guy that he is, <laughs> brought us a copy of that book as a gift. Uh, so we're we're going to dive into that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jimmy Stewart uh, was born May 20th, 1908, again, Indiana, Pennsylvania. Yep. Uh, so it was 1908 he was born. Donna Reed was born January 27, 1921, on a farm outside of Denison, Iowa. Um, so, so there was a them, decent age yeah. gap between them. Yeah. Yeah. But both, you know, kind of being from the Midwest, kind yeah. of smaller towns. Um, I think George, or I think Jimmy Stewart's, uh, dad was a, ran a hardware store. Okay. Which is a thing, which is, I think where his, his museum is at and, and the, on the building that was previously that hardware store. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. And that, that is interesting that they both grew up in a small town. I mean, if they're good actors, then you're going to believe it no matter what on the movie. But it seemed very sincere. Yeah. Just the, like it, it. I don't know. The way they acted seemed very relatable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Ma Ma Bailey, who was played um, by Beulah Bond, also played Jimmy Stewart's mother in three other films. Yes. In, including Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Oh, really? <laughs> which is another one that, <laughs> yeah. that I'd seen. Okay. Yeah. 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 So another tie-in here with uh, Mr. Smith. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lionel Barrymore, who played Mr. Potter, this is kind of neat, is the great uncle of Drew Barrymore. I, really? I looked that up. I didn't yeah. That. Yeah. So when we were recording the first half of, half of this episode and Emily was going through the cast list, I was like, uh, Hollywood, you know, a lot of times kind of a family business, mm-hmm. Barrymore. So I, I looked it up as you were going through the cast list and then I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd never really known them, but, um, yeah. So his brother, um, John is Drew Barrymore's grandfather. That's cool. Uh, and then Lionel Barrymore was also known for his radio performances as Scrooge in A Christmas Carol. Oh, that's oh, cool. Yeah, that is cool. Um, so again, in the scene with Billy, he's drunk, he's walking off, he's crashes right. in the tra- trash cans. Um, legend has it that this off-screen sound of Uncle Billy crashing into, into what sounded like garbage cans was unscripted. Yes, we we actually talked about that earlier, yeah. that it was okay. a uh, sound technician yes. that fell or yes. knocked something over. As the story goes, a stagehand inadvertently knocked over some props at the end of the shot prompting Mike Thomas Mitchell to ad lib. I'm all right. I'm all right. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, I mean, credit to him. That's great. Yeah, that it is. is, but it goes on. He says, well, the script as it stood just prior to filming already called for uncle Billy, uncle Billy to crash into garbage cans. Now an earlier version did not include the, um, all right line. So who knows, maybe a mishap did occur inspiring Thomas Mitchell to improvise that line, but whatever the case, any unscripted clanking, clinkling, clanking likely would have resulted in the scene being reshot with proper sound effects. So, right. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe happened, maybe didn't, but yeah, but yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. that is interesting. I, I also saw, which I don't know if this validates it or not, but, um, I saw that the director, uh, Frank Capra, Frank Capra. Yeah. He, he was so appreciative of the fact that that happened and that it prompted 
um, him to ad lib, I'm all right, I'm all right, that he gave the sound technician $10 for doing mm. that, which <laughs> is the equivalent of like almost $160 today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So that was really interesting. Um, and then the song Buffalo Gals. This is really interesting. I, I learned reading this book. Buffalo Gals is an old minstrel song composed in, 19, in, 18, in 1844 about Buffalo, New York prostitutes being courted by gents in the rough and tumble days that came with the completion of the Erie Canal. Wow. What? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I yeah. wouldn't have guessed that. Uh, would it, yeah, never would have guessed that. So, yeah, that came as a little bit of a shocker. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy the Raven. Um, was that, that bird in the, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. in the, in the bank. So Capra was a fan of, of Jimmy. Um, so Jimmy was also in, in his film, you can't take it with you, uh, which also featured Jimmy Stewart. Okay. Yeah. Um, this was interesting. The Raven was also in the wizard of Oz sharing a scene with Dorothy and the scarecrow. Oh, interesting. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. This guy is a full blown star. I thought <laughs> I recognized that, that bird somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah full blown like i mean yeah like i guess i don't know i wonder if his, animal uh, training is a big thing in hollywood you know it you is gotta, like yeah i wonder if his keeper owner yeah. what if they were making big bucks for him i, I don't know <laughs> you think so um 320 sycamore above the fireplace is a framed piece of needlework that reads the lord will provide uh-huh uh, this is this is kind of so whenever heather and i are going through some challenging Heather is my wife. Um, yes. We're going through some challenging thing. We always would say God will take care of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it was kind of neat to have, you know, that, to see that, um, that, that be in there. Yeah. yeah in their that house. is, um, that's super cool. I uh, didn't even, I yeah. didn't even notice that while watching the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of things like, you know, like again, through reading the book, like, you, and after you watch it, you know, 10, 12, 15 times, you start to like right. look at stuff in the background and stuff like, you know, around like the main, you know, things that are going on in the scene. So it's, yeah, you just start to pick up more things and, and learn more. But, um, and then like Sam Wainwright, Sam Wainwright's car. So this is the car that he pulls up in as, uh, George and Mary are dedicating the martini home Yes, and with the, the bread and the salt and the wine. And, um, so his, his buddy pulls up, you know, he haul Sam and, and, uh, he pulls up in this, t- in this car, it's called, it's a, it's a Duesenberg town car. Okay. Um, apparently was one of the finest of its time. Uh, Duesenberg motors opened in Indianapolis in 1920. What? Yeah. <laughs> it was Man. the f- first American made race car to win the international grand prix at Le Mans. It, no way. It won the Indy 500 in 1924, 1925 and 1927. That is awesome. awesome. Yeah. So I've I've really in the last year really gotten into automotive history uh-huh. and you know manufacturers and racing and lots of stuff. So that like that's very cool. Yeah. And the fact that it's you know in our territory, in our, yeah, yeah. territory is like yeah, yeah. kind of extra kind of extra special that way. Yeah. Um, let's see. Next one. Frank Capra received five nominations, each for best picture and best director. He won three times for best director and one time for best picture. Nice. So nice. That was kind of interesting. Do you know? Did he get anything for "It's a Wonderful Life"? I believe he did not. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't think it, it wasn't really as well received as maybe it is today. Like, yeah. Um. Even like, and I think part of that was, um. I think in 1974, it like there was I don't I don't know no more copyrights on it, and so it was like public public domain. Oh yeah yeah yeah. And so um, 
you know, TV stations or whatever could just kind of show it. Yeah. You know, um, that makes a lot of sense because we covered that kind of in the first part, just that it wasn't received super well mm-hmm. and that the box office return was actually less, less than, than their, their budget. budget. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, camp. Uh, so, uh, the director, Frank Capra sources a Sherman M4 tank for a scene in the war montage. <laughs> That's awesome. This was the U.S.'s go-to tank during World War II. Yeah. It's only in there for like two seconds. And you can hardly see, I mean, you probably don't even like remember or recognize it, but like it's during that war montage. And like, I think Mr. Gower is standing on like trying to sell war bonds or something, but he's like yes. standing on top of it. And like, there's a, I think a U.S. flag in the backdrop. And yes, I do. I vaguely remember it. that. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, so I, yeah, so I think he, you know, just went to some, um, you know, some extra steps to try to get that, that tank. Yeah. And it ended up, you know, ended up, again, ended up being in the movie for like a couple of seconds. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so a couple of definitions, do you guys know what VE day and VJ day stand for? Yes. Well, actually our pastor just talked about this in Lydia. a sermon the other day. Yeah. Um, so, uh, VE day is victory in Europe day. Correct. Right. Victory over Europe. Yeah. Or victory over Europe. Um, I don't remember what VGA day is though. So VJ is victory over Japan. Okay. okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That yeah. makes sense. Which um, yeah, I've, you know, first several times I've still, still maybe like, I need to look up what that means. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, but yeah, cause they mentioned that a few times. Um, Jimmy Stewart actually served as a combat pilot in World War II. Really? Yeah. So. That's actually, we did talk about that, didn't we? I didn't know he was a pilot, but I didn't know he was in the war. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was kind of an interesting reading. Like, I think, I think a lot of stuff like movies just like shut down for a period of yeah. time during the mm-hmm. war. And so, uh, it's wonderful life as as I think Frank Capra's first movie, um, after the war. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. Was, was, um, part of that too. Um, Two, or see, yeah, two Navy pilots received the Medal of Honor during World War II, like Harry, ba- Harry Bailey. Yep. They were David McCampbell and Butch O'Hare, for whom O'Hare International Airport is named. Oh. Oh, wow. Huh. So, yeah. That's crazy. Um, uh, yeah. I've flown out of O'Hare a lot. and So, yeah, I thought that's pretty interesting. Yeah, it is. Uh, filming in California was warm in the summer. You maybe touched on this and, and, and that. Um, in your previous, in your first half, but, um, because I think it was like, I don't know, March to July or April yes, to July. Yep. Like that, um, yeah. yep. Or mid, yeah. So, um, Christmas Eve scenes were filmed in mid June, saw temperatures topping out at 86 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. that's the, that's the thing about some of these Christmas movies, movies that are all like filmed right like during like some of the warmest weather yeah. <laughs> months. That'd, that'd be kind of challenging to have to like pretend it's cold yeah Yeah. and be like all you know have your coat on all that stuff which i think emily you had said that you could see in the background like actors sweating and stuff like that yeah and like the close-ups of george's face like you can see sweat on his forehead right yeah Yeah. so yeah that's that's pretty pretty neat um george at martini's bar um there's two italian songs that play and one is a, is the soprano voice of Adriana Casalotti. Okay. Uh, she is also the voice of Disney's Snow White in the 1937 film. Oh, oh wow. That's cool. Isn't that, that is that. that is super yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, just kind of another, I don't know. 
Man, uh, Phil bringing us the good stuff on the <laughs> podcast today. <laughs> yeah, well, just, you know, you, you you start digging into, into a movie and you just find out all sorts of neat stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, of all the scenes that that Jimmy nailed, this one and Martini's stood out the most to him. He was so emptied his first take, he didn't want to do anymore. Um, and I think he, I think that's the maybe the one he actually was like started to started crying in. Mm. And okay, I think part of that I think was even from like the motion of, of um, having come through the war and stuff, World, World War II just yeah. at that point. So, so yeah, there was just, that, that was, yeah, that's a really good scene and like interesting fact about that. Um, and like, I, like uh, so I think kind of touch on this, but this, this movie ties into a lot of other movies. Um, yeah. Mr. Martini played by William Edmonds um, ties into Casablanca. And it says, for all of eight seconds in Rick's cafe, he gives instructions to a man seeking illegal passage out of Casablanca. Oh, so, oh yeah. I know what scene you're talking about. I can't, you know, I would never have guessed that it was no, the right. same actor, but yeah. that's cool. Yeah. And I've, I haven't seen Casablanca for, for a number of years. So yeah, I couldn't picture it. But yeah, again, I know you guys did that movie. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Your, yeah. Um, and then the guy, Nick, played by Sheldon Leonard, went on to become a TV, a TV producer Producing for the Andy Griffith Show, the mm. Dick, oh, Van, cool. uh, Dick Van Dyke Show, among others. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very cool. Yeah, so yeah, Andy Griffith. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then the scene where Bert is, uh, he's he's shooting at at so George just takes off and he starts to shoot at him. Um, yes. And then there's a there's a sign in the background that says Pottersville. It's mm-hmm. all yes lit up. As he's shooting, the letters S, V, and I go go black. And so it kind of looks like he, he shoots out the, out the letters, but, um, Capra noted that that was just a mere coincidence. Those letters just, just flickered. Yeah. Just flicked, oh, really? Flicked off for some reason. Didn't really shoot him out, but yeah, so that was just kind of fun. Yeah. Um, and then back to Zuzu. Zuzu was the name of a popular ginger snap cookie sold by Nabisco starting in 19, around 1901. So huh. when, when, uh, George says, Zuzu, my little ginger snap. Would have been uh, a, okay. a call to that to the audience. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, I that was one thing that when I watched it and he said that his daughter's name was Zuzu, I was like, man, that seems kind of uncommon for that period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not necessarily a super common name today right, either, but right. I guess I just wouldn't have expected it. But that that makes sense. Yeah. And then I think I'd read somewhere in there too that um the the boy that played Pete was a. Uh, a pretty famous actor from another another show that he had been doing, so the audience would have recognized him. Okay, um, at that show as well. So, yeah, some different um, experiences. And again, you know, again, there's a there's a ton more I could have pulled out, but I'm like, yeah. well, I better I gotta stop somewhere. So <laughs> can't, yeah. we can't go all day, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah. Uh, well, everything that you brought to us today was like really really awesome, and. Yeah. I, I mean, there's some stuff that we covered, but the majority of that we did not. Yeah. Mm. So that okay, was, good. I mean, you added a lot of fresh, really good fresh content. content yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Keeping it fresh. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, I think we don't have anything else that we necessarily are wanting to cover. And um, is is there anything else that you want to touch on? There probably is, but I think I've covered all I, I have prepared today. So <laughs> Okay, but no yeah, worries. Thanks. Awesome. Well, Phil, thank you so much for coming on the show with us today. Um, it really is, I mean, just as we've been recording for the last half hour or however long it's been, 40 minutes, um, 
really has been a blessing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, it's been a joy to have you here in the studio. It's been a while since we've seen you. So just being together again is great. Mm-hmm. But also, we just really, really appreciate you. So thank you for coming on today. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. It's been, it's been awesome. Yes, of course. And now uh, you can one-up your son, who was one of the people who won a, a t-shirt from us. That's right. Yeah. But wow. now you can tell him, well, hey, I've been on the I've show. I've been on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, thanks, Phil. Thank you. So that wraps up this week's episode. Thank you guys for listening. We really enjoyed having Phil on the podcast this week. It was a lot, a lot of fun. Uh, Great to see an old friend slash mentor. um, And uh, I think that was actually our longest episode ever, which is really cool because he knew so much about it and it was just a really great time. Yeah. And now we are officially at the halfway point of season two wow are we really we really are that's crazy so we're at the halfway point of the season and we're headed into our last week of the four weeks of christmas movies yes next week we are going to be covering one of the all-time great christmas movies elf one of my faves. I think it's one of everybody's faves. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I've ever met anybody who is like, yeah, I don't really like that movie. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm really excited about covering it. Um, if you want to watch it ahead of time, it is streaming on Hulu, HBO Max, and Amazon Prime. Um, also, Philo. I don't know if anybody uses that. I've never heard of it, but it is streaming on there. So with that, thank you guys for listening. Um, If you liked what you heard, give us a thumbs up, five-star rating on Spotify. And we hope you have a great week. See you next week. Bye. Bye.